Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 37 of the Speaking Club podcast. It's important to distinguish between something that's meant to apply metaphorically rather than literally. For example, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is not often true in a medical or physical sense. Pride is often less likely to come before a fall than a trip, misplaced step or sex-related scandal. Welcome to the Speaking Club Podcast, because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching, and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Welcome to the show. The subject of universal themes and story plots has come up in conversation with a few of my guests this month, and I wanted to do a cheeky little episode to cover off exactly what these are why they're important for you to get familiar with and use, and how you can use them in your speaking and marketing content. And although this show works on its own, part of it builds on episode 33, which was about finding your stories. And there's a link to that in the show notes if you want to listen to it first, but you don't need to. And more on that connection in a bit. Okay, let's start with universal themes. Well, a theme is the answer to the question, what is this book, movie or story really about? A universal theme ties into our important human desires, fears and challenges. The things that drive us, move us and mean something to us. So, universal themes are linked to things like love, belonging, friendship, prejudice, revenge, Pride, death, jealousy, sacrifice, justice, good versus evil, forgiveness, and so on. And they're called universal because we'll relate to them regardless of our cultural background or geographical differences. Now you'll find universal themes in fables and parables where they form the moral or teaching point of the story. In fiction though, They're used to draw the audience in, to help them relate to the characters, but the underlying philosophical message based on the theme or themes isn't spelt out and the audience is left to make up their own minds about what it is and what the author is trying to get across. But let me give you some examples of universal themes from a few movies and books that you might know just so that you can get the idea of what they are. Okay, I'll start with one of my favourites, Harry Potter. Throughout the series of books and films, there are loads of universal themes, but some of the biggest, and I mean, this is only based on my interpretation, are firstly, the value of humility. Now, the contrast between Harry and Draco and Harry and Voldemort, I think is massive here. Harry is always worried about being worthy of his fame and he never takes advantage of his reputation or notoriety. Whereas Draco has a firm belief that he's better than everyone else because of his heritage. Voldemort also wants to use his reputation to make people fear and obey him. Love is the most powerful magic there is. That's another key theme. It's the love that Harry's mum has for him that protects him from Voldemort's magic when he's a baby. It's love that gives Snape the strength and courage to work undercover and ultimately sacrifice his life and reputation in the service of Dumbledore and on the side of good. 
and it's love that moves Harry to face Voldemort and his own death to save the people he loves. I'm welling up just thinking about it. Now, there was another film released just recently called I Feel Pretty, and it's starring a lady called Amy Schumer, who is a a comedian, actually, turned actress, or maybe she still does both, I don't know. But she doesn't fit the stereotypical image of a female lead. Now, this story was about someone who believes she isn't worthy of having a great life because she isn't beautiful, and she wishes that she could be pretty. She bangs her head, and after she bangs her head, she looks in the mirror and sees herself as beautiful, even though physically she hasn't changed at all. So, And as a result of believing she's beautiful, she acts with more confidence. She lets her personality shine through, says yes to opportunities, and because of this, she becomes more attractive to others and pursues her dreams. Then she has another accident, and she wakes up and sees herself as she was, believing that she's lost her beauty. Eventually, though, she realises that during the time she thought she was beautiful, she hadn't changed at all. It was just that she believed she was beautiful that allowed her real beauty to shine through. And there are like loads of other universal themes in this film, like in most films. But I believe the main message is that it isn't what you look like on the outside that gives you power and magnetism. It's being happy and confident with who you are. No surprises there. Or maybe there are. Anyway, moving on. The play Macbeth is about the destructive nature of blind ambition. In the book and film The Great Gatsby, the universal theme is the futility of looking for contentment in material things and validation through wealth and status. In Othello, Shakespeare wants us to note that we should have faith in those we love and not to blindly believe everything people tell us. And in Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams teaches Matt Damon that his past doesn't have to divine his future. So yes, there's a few movie examples, which if you know them, that's great. If you don't know any of them, go and check them out. They're good films anyway, or plays or books. Okay, now since this is the speaking club, I wanted to have a look at speakers who tapped into the universal themes in their talks and stories. Now, one of my favourites, as you probably know, I've mentioned him before, is Sir Ken Robinson. He's a professor with one of the most watched TED Talks ever. Do schools kill creativity? And within his talk, he's got a story about a young girl who fidgeted at school and found it hard to pay attention. The school suggested she had a learning disorder. But after her mother took her to a specialist, he worked out that she was born to dance and actually had to move in order to think. And that girl was Dame Gillian Lynn, who became a ballet dancer and then celebrated choreographer. But without that specialist being able to spot that her behaviour was a sign of her passion and potential greatness, rather than a sign of something broken that needed fixing with medication, someone who's given pleasure to millions and become financially successful could have been consigned to living a life that didn't work. So here are again a few different themes, but I think the takeaway from this aligns to his talk, which isn't a surprise. And that is, people are different. Diversity is beautiful. And just because some people don't fit in the system, it doesn't mean that they're broken. 
but that maybe the system is. Cool. Simon Sinek is another thought leader that has one of the most watched TED Talks and it's called Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. But I thought better than telling you about his talk, I would share what he said in a Forbes interview from 2016. When we teach children something, we teach children with stories and examples and things like that. For some reason, when we teach adults, we default to facts, figures and explanations. At the end of the day, stories are a better way to learn things and a better way to take in a message. I realise that there is a common theme in all my work, which is that we are social animals that need each other. And even more than that, over the years of doing interviews, people have asked me, what is the reason for your success and mission? The answer I always give is that I didn't do it alone. I had tons and tons of help. There are amazing people out there who have been by my side the whole time, who've helped me in good times and bad, and I wanted to share that very, very simple message. What better way to share that simple message than with a metaphor? So, Simon's universal theme is that human beings can achieve more together than on their own. And I'll put a link in the show notes to all of these TED Talks and that interview with Forbes so you can read more about what Simon had to say on the matter. Brené Brown is a research professor who spent her career looking at vulnerability, courage, shame and empathy which are all kind of universal topics. So I guess it's an easy transition for her. But her TED Talk on the power of vulnerability has over 16 million views and continues to inspire people eight years after she did it. Her universal theme is that by embracing vulnerability, our flaws and opening ourselves up, we're more likely to get the love and belonging that each of us seek. And back to J.K. Rowling, my, my favorite, one of my favorite authors. In her Harvard commencement speech, she took the themes of failure and imagination and the parts they played in her life to inspire the graduates as they were about to start out on the rest of theirs. Her takeaways were without failure, we wouldn't know what our strengths were, and that imagination gives us the power to picture a better world. It's the foundation of invention and innovation and the basis of our empathy with others. The bottom line is this, if you can take the subject of your talk or the problem that you solve for people and as well as talking about the more surface level issues and benefits, you can also illustrate through a story how this relates to one of the universal topics that I mentioned earlier, then it will be 100% more powerful and relatable. The big brands do it all the time in the stories they tell in their adverts. Coke doesn't just show their product quenching people's thirst. They show Coke bringing people together. They position Coke as a catalyst for friendship, happiness and perfect moments together. And we lap it up. Excuse the pun. Nike doesn't just focus on flogging trainers. They talk about stopping procrastination and being the best version of yourself. And these last two examples lead me nicely into how symbols and motifs reinforce universal themes. Well, motifs are used to reinforce the main theme of a story, a play, a movie or a talk. 
they recur throughout the piece as opposed to only appearing once. And they normally hold some significance to the plot or the message. And I guess in advertising, you could liken them to brand values that appear constantly, like like in the Coke advert and the Nike marketing. But let's go back and take Macbeth again to start off with. In that play, there are a number of reoccurring motifs. The weather plays a big role in reinforcing the mood and reflecting that things aren't normal. Probably because of all the supernatural stuff that's going on. Hallucinations happen throughout the play and they increase as Macbeth and his wife Lady Macbeth start to lose their grip on reality. There's also a lot of blood. It appears repeatedly to signify their murderous intent, the murder and the guilt they feel afterwards. So that's your motif. Happens throughout and recurs uh, to reinforce the message. Whereas symbols are used often to convey double levels of meaning. A literal one and a symbolic or metaphorical one. And these help the audience understand the motivations of a character or their character's part in the plot or supporting the underlying message if it's a talk, for instance. Now, we're used to seeing symbols in our everyday lives. For example, a red rose stands for love. So if I gave someone a red rose over a yellow one, I would be sending a much stronger message about how I feel. Doves symbolise peace. Black is associated with evil and white with purity and goodness and so on. I use both motifs and symbols, uh, images, recurring language and metaphors quite often in my presentations and in my writing to underpin the themes and core messages I want to get across. In one presentation in the corporate world, I was talking about the new system we were going to bring in. And it was, there was quite a lot of resistance to change. You know, people don't like changing from one system that they're familiar with to using something new. But in the presentation, I used a knackered old Trabant, which is a car, to symbolize the existing system and a Ferrari to represent the new one. And although I wasn't disparaging about the old system, the images conveyed the need for change in a powerful and memorable way. Um, In my TED talk, the images I selected were meant to be evocative and symbolic. And the motif of relationships and the roles we play, particularly mine as mother and daughter, was a recurring motif in that talk. So have a ponder. When you're putting your next presentation, blog, video or marketing content together and consider whether there are any motifs or symbols you can use to progress and underpin, reinforce your message or intention. Okay, next I want to talk to you about story plots or story archetypes as they're also known. Now, you'll find quite a strong connection between the story question categories I used in episode 33 to help you find your stories and the story plots I'm going to cover here. And that was intentional. I was trying to give you a framework that would help you choose stories from your life that aligned with the most successful story plots, which have universal themes built in and pretty much I'm going to give you a template to start from. 
So what are these story plots? Well, there are seven of them and they reflect to some degree the experiences we're likely to have had in our own lives. That's why they're so successful. And we have big goals that we set out on, which is like a quest. There are many of us that have had to turn our lives around for one reason or another. Our audiences and our customers will have had similar experiences to these story plots. Or even like if you're in a corporate world, your business might have gone through something similar to one of these plot types or a team within your organization. And and that's why they're so powerful. So let me take you through these one by one. The quest is the first one. And this aligns with the goal in my seven story questions. And this is a great structure for themes associated with the importance of staying the course and holding on to your convictions. The hero travels in search of a priceless treasure and must face trials and challenges to achieve his goal or her goal. It gives you the opportunity to showcase emotional growth and the power of teamwork. Lord of the Rings is a great example in the movie world or in fact, The Wizard of Oz. And this is a great story plot to use if you're a coach or you sell things like journals to help people stay on course. The next one is called Overcoming the Monster, which is the story question about beating the odds. And this is all about facing our fears and what we learn from doing it. I think Rocky would fit in this one, or maybe um, Alien would also fit in. And in literature and movies, this is where the hero must destroy the monster to bring back balance to the world. In our day-to-day lives, it could be recovering from an injury, getting over something awful that's happening to us, or maybe even like challenging a bullying boss. It's anything that needs to be battled and won. Okay, tragedy. And this remarkably aligns to the tragedy in my story questions. This is about a hero with a fatal flaw. And we can use this format to highlight a problem in society or to contrast different thinking and how we can avoid that tragedy or a tragedy and or learn how to get over or through it. For example, in Shakespeare's world, Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet are tragedies. In modern movies, Thelma and Louise, and always oh, going back a bit, I reckon Gone with the Wind is probably also a tragedy. I don't think there's a happy ending there. Good. Next one is rags to riches, which relates to turning things around in the story questions. And this is an age old favorite where a humble hero achieves a happy ending after working hard and developing their gift. Now, this is your Rocky, the pursuit of happiness, the karate kid in the movie world. And in in this um, plot story, story plot, it gives you the opportunity to own up to your mistakes, to show how you earned your present day success and to show your vulnerability. And if you are uh, a speaker or a have a product or service, then this gives you the opportunity to position yourself as the wise mentor that helps discover and hone the natural talent that your audience or potential client or customer have. The next one is voyage and return, which is the story question about saying yes to something new. 
This is where you enter a new world and get back home after. The book and film I talked about in episode 33 in this section was called The Yes Man, and it obviously fits here. Also, I think Lord of the Rings could fit in this plot in as well as the quest one. The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, I reckon also goes uh, in this one. And it really is about the benefit of new experiences and learning. So as a speaker or entrepreneur, you'll be helping your audience to see what's possible in the new world. And then contrasting it with their current world, showing them the new world again, and then inviting them to put your advice into action and to cross into that new world. Good. Comedy is the next one. And it's not it's kind of like more about misunderstanding than sort of gags. And I captured this in my story questions as oops moments. It's about making mistakes, learning, negotiating challenging relationships and finding ourselves along the way. Bridget Jones is a great example here. Also when Harry met Sally, and who can forget that scene in the diner? I don't think I've ever heard noises like that in my life. Anyway, moving on. This plot story works well with talks about love and friendship. Now, as a speaker or marketer, you can illustrate some of the funny things that have happened because of a problem and give the audience or client or customer advice or showcase your product or service to help them undo the mess and get them back on the path to success. And the last of the seven is rebirth. And in my story questions, this relates to undergoing change. And it is really all about change. It's about a before and an after. It's about darkness and light, where the, the hero has some sort of epiphany and then changes for the better. This is your Groundhog Day or Christmas Carol, also known as Scrooge. Or Beauty and the Beast is also another rebirth one and again as a speaker or a marketer you can be the catalyst that shows your audience what they've been missing out on how their life or business could be so much better and how bad also it can get if they don't make a change so that is the seven basic story plots so how does this all come together the plots the universal themes the motifs and the symbols well, as a speaker or a content marketer, if you can use the hero's journey story structure, which I covered in episodes five, seven and nine, I think, in conjunction with one of the basic story plots to reflect where your audience are in their lives or business, combined with a universal theme or themes, and you weave motifs and symbols to support the theme throughout you will make your stuff more powerful, more memorable, more emotionally engaging and relatable. And who knows, maybe that story or talk or bit of copy could make you $100 million like the client of Michael Hague's. Or it could make you 100 million friends, which might actually be more valuable. I hope you found that all useful and you use some of it to really power up your speaking and your content marketing and I really appreciate you listening as usual and uh, if you enjoyed the show remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode 
we're heading into a month that's focused on sales and you don't want to miss that one. And also, if you do find the show useful, please leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you're listening to the podcast. And also, if you tell some friends about it, that would be amazeballs too. And all that's left for me to say is have a great week. See you next time. And don't forget to grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk.